The Premier League is back. For all the best insight, analysis, and exclusive reaction to the Premier League's biggest games, become a member now and join in the obsession. Subscribe at offtheball.com forward slash join. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. Don't forget, we here at Off the Ball have launched our new on demand subscription service if you'd like to listen back to our podcasts or watch our videos. So, all of our extensive on demand content, we're talking about 60 podcasts a week here, folks, is available ad free. To get further details about how to sign up for $9.99 a month or to get 10 months for the price of 12, go to offtheball.com forward slash join. The best place to become a member is via the Off The Ball app where everyone who signs up will get their first month free. You also have the option to listen on Apple or Spotify or if you prefer to watch us you can on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice and the available platforms are all independent subscriptions. They do not interconnect. So we're going to look ahead to the ladies football finals tomorrow. Delighted to be joined in studio by the all-round Irish sporting legend Cora Staunton, four-time winner with Mayo. Cora, great to see you. Thanks, John. Good to see you. How are you? I'm good. Looking forward to tomorrow now. I think it's going to be a cracker. So, yeah, looking forward to the big one, Dublin and Kerry. Yeah. Um, yeah, very hard to call. I've been asked a number of times this week. I think I've changed my, ta- my mind hold on it, a number hold, of occasions. So. We won't get to it yet. Um, it's a, quite a special day for ladies football because it's the 50th final. The first one was played in Douro, I believe, in 1974. Come a long way. Yeah, it has, yeah. It's certainly come a long way my time um, in playing it and, and seeing the final since I was young and our first final to where, it, where it's at now um, yeah it's, it's come on huge um, you know from a sense of skill um, you know athleticism power and then obviously the, the coverage around it over the last kind of Maybe two decades has, has come on huge, as you said. Nineteen seventy-four. Um, you know, there was played in Durr, wasn't played in, in Crow Park, and just yeah, the coverage around it. But I think that's ladies' sport in in general. Um, I think it's been on a, an upward curve, whether it's Gaelic football, the Women's World Cup, soccer, um, you know, the rugby, whatever it might be. Um, I think it's just women's sports on a crest of a wave at the moment, and, and uh, ladies' football is the same. And we have over fifty thousand people probably there tomorrow. We can't forget that's one of the biggest attended sporting events for the world for women. The ladies football really has got something going and we saw that in the year before COVID, twenty nineteen is fifty six thousand people at Dublin and Galway and it's just captured the imagination of the public at the final especially. Yeah, I think it is and I think that's huge, you know. I think like the Camogie um, you know, last week um, you know, they had a, a record breaking crowd for them. I think a lot of the time with, with with ladies sport and ladies events, the final is the showpiece like the men's game, but you know, it probably doesn't get as much publicity, you know, from, you know, quarter final, semi final or group stages so it's a, yeah, there's a bit of pressure on then to make sure the showcase is good and, and it's a good game and I think that'll be the, be the case tomorrow. So yeah, there's record crowds expected tomorrow. You know, obviously um, 2019 was the biggest crowd and then COVID hit and you know obviously in the years since then, um, you know the numbers have been been on the increase. I think there was over 40,000 there last year. So yeah, I just think I, I'm I'm hoping and and I think it will be a great game tomorrow because the two best teams all year are in the final and you know they're so evenly matched. Um, you know, and it's going to be very hard to call, and um, you know it's the same with with the, all three finals. So yeah, it's the it's the showcase of of, of ladies football tomorrow, and and you just you just hope that um, all three matches are, are of good quality. A lot of players in Dublin and Kerry going through all the emotions of the twenty four hours before the final. Now you're seventeen playing your first final for Mayo. 
yeah um, and I suppose that's it your first final is very different to the, to the rest because it's that whole experience maybe your first time playing in Crow Park um, your first time playing in, in front of a big crowd and the noise in Crow Park and, and there's a lot of um, external factors when it's your first final I think once you've been there once it's 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 pretty much the same you know for the for the following final so yeah both Dublin and Kerry have been there before Kerry obviously in the final last year um, Dublin have been there on, on numerous occasions with their four in the row you know between 17 and 20 there is a lot of not a lot but there is girls on that Dublin team um, you know there's 14 new girls in the panel and a lot of them wouldn't have experienced All-Ireland final days so you know that's that's very nerve-wracking for them coming in but then there's the experience on the other end the likes of you know the Sinead the Hearns Hannah Terrells you know girls Carla Rose that have been there before and you know in some cases in Hannah's case have, have, have played you know big games in rugby for Ireland so they, they'll guide them but yeah it's it's a huge occasion and it's what every ladies footballer like Camogie player men's footballer hurler want to be on the, the final day on the biggest stage and you know that's what, what you train for all year Did you enjoy any of the format more than another one I don't know if you enjoyed them at the time um, you enjoy looking back at them um I, pr- I probably enjoyed 2002 um, the most, um, especially because we'd lost the previous year. And I think you always have to probably lose one to know how important they are and how hard they are to win. So we lost, obviously, in 2001 um, by a point um, in the last kick of the game. So to go back and win in 2002, yeah, that was special. And, and that year in particular, we won the Club All-Ireland, I think, probably eight weeks after that as well. So, yeah, I do look back on that one fondly um, because it, it, it was one that we, um, you know, one after um, you know a heartbreaking defeat the year before. There's a lot of work still to be done, and we saw with the protests this year around equality for ladies players in both uh, football and camogie. Um, what's changed in terms of what players receive now versus when you were playing? I mean, the conditions, I think, to be to be fair, were pretty primitive when you were playing the game. Was it correct? Yeah, there were. And again, I have been out of the the intra county game now for you know five years. I think is it at, at this stage? So you know, I can't really comment. You know what I, what I've seen. You know within Mayo now because I haven't been around. You you know, talking to to a few girls that I'd, I'd be friendly with, they're involved, and you know, I suppose I could see it this year when I was involved with Galway Camogie. Um, you know, they're extremely well looked after from a Camogie sense, and in, in what they got, you know, you know, basic stuff like pitches, you know, physios, um, you know, food, whatever it might be. Um, you know that was you know they had a very professional setup, but I don't think that's the case throughout every county. Um, I suppose, yeah, my time when I was there, we were. We were fighting for, you know, to for basic stuff and, you know, food after training was one. We, we probably didn't have that for a majority of my career, maybe towards the latter end of it. Basic training pitches, majority of the time we'd train on, you know, uh, rugby pitches or pitches that, you know, were, weren't very good. And, you know, basic things, showers after training that you were fighting for, um, you know. You know, I know their the equality and the the protest that the GPA were doing this year was you know more so around all of that and and that you're looked after medically and expenses and I suppose my time in Mayo and I I done twenty four seasons with Mayo we didn't we didn't never got um, travelling expenses and I know that's not the case now is there, there there's a little bit of expenses but it's not been matched what the men men is getting so I think that's what the protests were about um, that you know female inter county. Um, players whether ladies football or camogie are putting in as much time and effort as the men and you know the GPA and since they've become under the one umbrella you know um, I think they'll do massive work to have that equality and have some sort of charter there that you know it mightn't be that they get the exact same as as the men straight away but they're fighting that they're, they're looked after well because the stark reality is that there's girls whether they're camogie players or ladies footballers you know some of them couldn't 
go and play the game of, of ladies football or give the commitment because they needed their part-time jobs and they couldn't give them up because of of the game and you know they're out of pocket basically whether you're playing for Gawick Mogi or if you're playing for Mayo Ladies whoever it was um, they were out of pocket you know travelling to training and, and taking time off work and stuff so I suppose when you give that much time you know you you should be rewarded and, and you want to be to be looked after and, and it's not you're just asking for the basic rights and if you get injured that you know whatever the injury might be is that you know you're not out of pocket for that so you know which in my days you are um, and I think it's hugely important for both associations now because there's so many other sports that young girls can go to you know whether it's soccer whether it's rugby whether it's individual sports whether it's AFL wherever it might be there's so many different um, sports that they can be attracted to so we need to look after ladies footballers and camogie players if you want to continue to have the best players playing the game You saw that window into professional sports we were at six years in Australia must be in the Pacific Ocean in terms of the difference Yeah it was yeah and like you don't like to, comp- like, to compare to you know, Amateur and pro sports am- yeah. Amateur and pro but um yeah, it, it's 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 poles apart, and you know we we take the money side of it away, and, and that you're getting paid to play the game, but just how well looked after you are, um, and I suppose I found from the whole medical side of it, um, you know, I had quite a few injuries in Australia, so I I got to see the how the whole medical system you know works, and then obviously I had played Gaelic football here, had a few injuries, well, and a couple of operations that I needed, but the care that you looked after over there. Um, you know, you have a scan within 24 hours here if you want to scan. Um, if you don't have private health insurance, you can be waiting weeks. Um, you know, whether you need operation, surgery, it's, it's happened straight away. It happens within 48 hours. Here, girls are, you know, can be waiting weeks and months to get stuff done. So that that was the biggest thing for me, how well looked after you are. Even now that I'm a retired player um, from the sport, they're still in contact with you. I'm over in Ireland for the last six months, but I'm still getting emails. I'm still getting calls to see how I am, if I need any help or education, you know, if I have any medical issues or concerns, and they and they look after you for the rest of your, for the rest of your post contract. This is post contract, yeah, right. and this is to do with the, their PA over there. So, um, you know, any injury that I might have sustained over there, and if I've ill effects from it, you know, they still have to to look after you and, and cover you, and you know, they run a great system, and they're it's it's called the AFLPA and it's both men's and women's together you know I just felt even since I've retired they're always checking in with you to see how, how you're struggling with it or, so I think that's hugely important for players because um, you know it's a biggest step if you've played sport for a long time and, and it's it's now gone from you um, automat- um, you know instantly you know it can be a, it can be a hard transition so it's them things you know it's it's the expenses would be nice and players to get looked after well um, but it's the basic the basic stuff that I, I, I'd be um you know, really um, looking for, and I think it's really important now because there is such an attraction of other sports for girls that we need really need to rally this and and get this charter done over the next and I, I next you know year or so. I I can remember talking to media ten years ago about this and right. you know it, there's been incremental changes for very small. We need we need the big changes and we just do we need the integration thing to happen then for yeah that I think that's the only answer. I think integration needs to happen very very quickly and you know again I rem- I remember talking. I think it was. Um, it was either Liam O'Neill or Nicky Brennan and it was in uh, in um, Asia at, at uh, Asian Games um, and one of them was there and we were talking about integration and that was probably seven or eight years ago and they were like oh no it's going to happen soon and it still hasn't happened and yeah I just think it needs to move quickly because we won't have the same issues 10 years ago we were talking about dual players 
having to play on the same day or having you know the Cork the Cork Mogi players and footballers this year one match in Cork and trying to drive to get to the second half of the ladies football match in Galway we're, we were talking about these with Rena Buckley and Breach Corkery eight to ten years ago and that things haven't changed I think of all integration happens the calendar of games will have to be better done I think ladies ladies footballers and camogie players will, will be looked after I think that's within the club system and, and the inter-county system so yeah there's been changes but for me I think the changes need to happen a lot quicker OK, well, the LGFA and Camogie Association, I think, feel that they're on the right road and, and hopefully from their perspective, they can get it over the line with the GA soon. I, I heard the 2026 be mentioned in uh, that Mary McAleese uh, commission, but we'll see what happens. But anyway, the game tomorrow, uh, Louise Nimi Hurt, I'm going to say that again, Nimar Hurtig. Is she the David Clifford of Kerry GA? Yeah, she certainly is. I, I'd probably say she's a little bit different to David Clifford. I, she reminds me of Colm Cooper. You know, obviously the, the the red here probably um, adds to that, but I just think her balance and, you know, her two-footedness and, you know, she's quite slight as well. I think she's a very, very skillful player. She probably doesn't rely on her power and strength as much. Um, yeah, I think she's crucial to the game tomorrow. Um, yeah, there's there's probably a lot of pressure on her and she's probably putting a lot of pressure on herself. Um, there was in last year's final when she played Mead. And by her own by her own standards, and she'd be the first to say that you know she probably underperformed last year, and and you could see that was to the detriment of the Kerry team. Obviously, Mead Mead came away from last year's All Ireland quite convincing winner. She scored one two two points from freeze and 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 a goal that she got in the day. So, yeah, it, there's a lot of pressure on her shoulders, but at the same time, I think that Kerry forward line have improved, and the loss of Chief Rocher, their captain, um, who I think is one of the best underage players coming through. Um, she is a loss she's a huge loss and, and it probably weakens their bench with Danielle O'Leary having to start but at the same time I think that Kerry attack is, is, is very well balanced yeah Louise scored 110 against Mayo and, and, and I think that's what people are looking at but in games previous to that she was you know had, had scored 5 points and, and 3 points so I, I do think there's others con- contributors and I think the likes of Hannah O'Donoghue who's going to be huge as I said Daniel, Danielle O'Leary but then the the likes of Neve Carmody and, and your workhorses in Anna Galvin I think they're going to be huge but for me I think the key battle is around midfield I think whoever wins the midfield battle and I know sometimes in, in GA that can be cliched but I think Kerry's best player is Louise Neymar Hartig, but Dublin's best player is Jennifer Dunn. And I think she's been phenomenal for this year and have been over the last number of years. And I think in so, if Kerry in some way can nullify her influence um, and they have two um, very experienced players in Louise Galvin and Lorraine Scanlon there, if they can nullify her at, to 50% of what she, she gives out, I think they'll go a long way to winning it. Arsenal 2 not in Forest 1 now in the Premier League. Uh, Taiwa Awani has pulled one back for Forest. There's 83 minutes on the watch. Cora Staunton's with us talking about ladies football out of the big three finals tomorrow. Dublin against Kerry. Never met in a football final in the ladies in 50 years. And Kerry haven't won it in 30 years. Yeah, it's yeah. Kerry's run. I came, you know, they, what was it? They had a, they're going for. I think they're on title eleven along with Cork. So they're you know Kerry are going for out, out, outright um, title holders. Um, but yeah, it's mad to think nineteen ninety three the last time Kerry um, won the All Ireland um, and have only been in the the two thousand and twelve final where they lost to Cork last year's final so it's it's remarkable um, to think a, a, a county you know that has it's such a football stronghold that it's taken them this long to get back there um, yeah so I, I just think it's going to be an absolutely intriguing battle a, a Dublin team um, and even this week alone um, the, the, the talk between the two managers Mick Bowen started quite early 
um, about you know uh, their match in the, in the group stages and you this know this is in Parnell Park. It's quite a physical game. Yeah, quite a physical game. Kerry won by two points. I think um, Louise kicked one six that day, but. Um, yeah, he he came out and said that uh, Kerry bullied them that day, and um, yeah, there was two sin bins. To Is that a message to the referee or to his own players? Or to uh, it's it's I think it's a bit bit to everything. Um, you know, he's he's probably taking a little bit of pressure of his own players, and yeah, probably a message to them. But you know, he he said Kerry are the most physical team that um, has ever played the game. You know, <laughs> I, I I think I debate that. I think his own team, you know, probably set that standard. You know, there was the Cork team. I think Dublin certainly brought the game to a, a different level of physicality, and I think Mead then added to it. Um, I, I think Dublin are every bit as physical if not more than, than Kerry but yeah I think it's a couple of mind games and I think Declan Quill came back pretty quickly in the next day to say um, you know it's we, we don't like to be called that we're bullies well, you know we just call it being physical and I think it's just the way the sport has moved you know there's a huge amount of emphasis put in strength conditioning and girls being you know in really good shape and, and being really athletic and strong and you know that Kerry team surely has a lot of strong players in it, but, uh, as much as the Dublins do and you know I recall finals where, you know, Dublin hit hard as anyone. You know, Sinead Goldrick was was known as a as a real physical player, and that's the the way you want the game played. You know, it's you know girls train really hard, and that's the way we want to play it. But I just find it intriguing. You know, Mick is very good at that, and and you know taking pressure of his players. But yeah, maybe putting a little bit of pressure on Shane Curley. But he's been around the block a lot, long enough to know. Um, you know, not to take any of that or read, any, in, read anything into that. But that said, how the game is refereed tomorrow will, will, will have a huge, uh, huge bearing on how the game is played and how the game will go. It's a bit like the men's team for Dublin. They haven't won since 2020. Are they channeling a lot of hurt as well? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. And a lot of people probably laugh at that. You know, it's their famine that they haven't won in all Ireland in three <laughs> years. But um, yeah, it's Kerry's famine is 30 years. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, you, you, even in the men's game, you have to. But that's the way that's the way they're they're wired. They, they, you know, they haven't won in three years. They're channeling the hurt. I, I especially think from, you know, their 2001 All-Ireland, which they were favourites going into and Meads, you know, took them. And then they went to Donegal last year in the All-Ireland quarterfinal probably a little bit complacent and returned over so yeah and then in in the in that period of time they've lost a lot of players as well as I said there's 40 new players in that Dublin team um, you know he, Mick has obviously brought that line out this week but at the same time if you look at at the team that will line out tomorrow there's probably only three that hasn't an All-Ireland medal I think 12 of the starters have all All-Ireland medals so yeah there's, there's, there's a lot of new um um, youth in that team but a lot of them are, will be coming from the bench so there's a lot of experience as well there's girls that has you know won four All-Irelands have been there through through the, the bad times and the good time losing to Cork so you know and Mick himself he's, it's his seventh year in a row with Dublin he, uh, he obviously was with them previous before that so he's the eighth year as Dublin manager so they've been around the block and you know that's that's my fear for Kerry if the game comes to a crunch and it's experience fun. does that actually matter? Oh, it does. I think experience, but knowing how to get over the line is is a big thing. What is that? If you've been there before and you, you, you know how to win and it's, if it's close coming down the line and you can bring someone like Ishnay the Hearn on who's been there and won it on numerous occasions and it's not that she might come on and you know kick the winning point but she can manage the game she knows how to slow it down maybe she knows how to win a, a, a cheap enough free whatever it might be yeah. it's experience that you gain over the time if you've never won it before you don't know how to do it it's only when you win it that you know actually how to get over the line so that's my biggest fear for Kerry going into the last few minutes in the game that they probably need to be ahead if they're behind Dublin are very good at managing games like all teams are now so um, yeah I just think it's going to be a really intriguing battle and 
you know, it'll be a battle on field, it'll be a, a tactical battle off field as well, how they'll go out and attack the game, how Dublin will go after Louise, do they do the double team or do they trust their system, how how Kerry go or yeah, how Kerry go after Jennifer Dunn, um, you know, how they probably go after the likes of Carol Rowe, um, Hannah Terrell, um Orlan Olin who's been having a brilliant season so yeah there's so many different intriguing battles within the game how to go after it you know I know Kerry in, in their game against Mayo you know went after the Mayo kick out and had huge success do they go after Abby Shields she's a, a newish goalkeeper right. very young um, you know she did a super game against Cork but yeah all of these things add to it and you know the, both two very tactically minded managers have been around a long time now so it's going to be an intriguing battle on the line as well Dan play Limerick Cora in the junior final from 11.45 Dan last won this in 2000 Limerick 2018 yeah, so Limerick Limerick won in 2018 and, and went up intermediate and, and went back down to junior. Very surprised that down or down at that level, um, you know, went down last year. So they'd be looking to, to, to bounce back straight away. Um, while I was I was in Limerick um, doing, doing a thing for Limerick ladies during the week and, you know, there's huge enthusiasm there. You know, they're, with the, they're on a crest of a wave in GA day or with the hurlers and... You know, I, I, I have huge admiration for them. I just cannot see that down team losing. You know, there's, there, is a, there is a big drop between intermediate and junior. And if you've been playing at intermediate level, you know, down teams have been winning intermediate over the time. Um, they're a proud football and county up there. So I think all the, all the, the, the eight cards point to a, a down win. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure Limerick, as I said, they're on a quest of wave, will, will come up, you know, looking you know, more than hope than anything else. But you know, down have a lot of experience of girls that have been in intermediate All-Irelands in the past. So, yeah, I think they're the ones that are going to take that. But um, I'm, I'm hoping that'll be a tight enough game too. Clare against Kildare in the intermediate final at 145. They met in the Division 3 decider earlier this year. Kildare narrowly won that. Yeah, um, I think this is another one that's going to be very hard to call. Um, you know, Clare, um, again, have always been teetering around that All-Ireland semi-final, All-Ireland final stage intermediate. Um, you know, in, in my time when I played um, earlier in my career, Clare were a very good senior team. We used to play them in All-Ireland semi-finals, And again, they just couldn't get over that line um, and would have faltered then for, for a number of years, but have always teetered around that intermediate semi-final, have, you know, struggled to get over the line. Um, Kildare obviously managed um, uh, by um, Diana Hora who obviously was a t- former teammate of mine um, in, in my early days of my career and, and has been around the kind of intermediate managerial train for, for a number of years ha- was with that down team um, a number of years ago um, and brought them to a, uh, an intermediate All-Ireland final was with that Mead um, ladies team um, I think it was in 2016 um, so she's been around the block and, 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 and kind of knows the team. So they've, Kildare have impressed me most out of the two intermediate teams. I think um, they um, have a very good system of play. Um, they have some very key forwards. Um, you know, Roisin Byrne has been shooting the lights out for them. So, yeah, I just think Kildare um, just about to get over the line, but I do think it's a cracker. Um, I do think they have that um, kind of gritty edge uh, it's going to be quite a physical game and they probably have the more experienced players that have played in Crow Park on the big occasion so yeah I think Kildare just about but again it's a, it's a very hard one to call Dan and Kildare in the junior and intermediate the Cora Staunton verdict what is the verdict on the senior final Cora Dublin Kerry 4 o'clock to tomorrow TG Cahar on TV over 50,000 there who why and by how many <laughs> this is this is the hard one I, I've been asked this a number of times this week and um, my train of thought all year and you know I'm going to stick with them was that you know I've early in the year was probably asked around February or March who's going to win the All-Ireland had said Kerry 
Um, I was worried about Mead at that stage of the year, um, you know, with players that were in Australia and players that had kind of left to go travelling. Um, and I think Mead or Kerry have been the most consistent team over the league. They obviously won the league final, you know, bet, bet a, a good goal with team in the final, bet them well, you know, give them a hammering in Crow Park that, that evening. So they've been the form team of the competition. Um, they've probably faltered a little bit in championship they probably haven't had like even though they got over the line against Mayo they, were com- they weren't convincing winners that night um, you know they, they had a very good first half but their second half wasn't that good where I think Dublin have come the opposite way they have been you know struggled through the league but at the same time had some good wins and some poor losses against Kerry they got a, a, quite a hammer in the league against Kerry the same against Galway then obviously lost in, in their the first round of the group stages to Kerry by two points but won the Leinster title where Kerry lost their Munster title uh, Dublin have been in their last two games in particular their All-Ireland quarter final against Donegal their semi-final against Cork have been awesome you know 16 point winners against Donegal 12 point winner against Cork um, where Kerry have probably gone the opposite way so I'm going to stick with Kerry because I've backed them all year I'm going to stick with Kerry by a point I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw I think it's going to be a real tight tense game I, my, I'm sticking with Kerry just solely because I've start, stuck, okay. stuck with, them, with, with them all year but I think by a point if even Cora Staunton enjoy tomorrow thank you so much for coming in lending your insight and it should be a great day Thanks Mel and John thanks for having me Cora Staunton there in the ladies football final off the ball football Saturday the first of the season Dan McDonald, Johnny Ward and David Connolly coming up between 3 and 5 the Premier League is back for all the best insight, analysis and exclusive reaction to the Premier League's biggest games. Become a member now and join in the obsession. Subscribe at offtheball.com forward slash join.